All aboard the Podcast Express. Please keep your ears inside of the train at all times. We will now be departing Nonsense Station with your hosts, Ryan Warson and Christian Mandrell. Hey, hey, hey. This is Ryan. Welcome to Route 34 of the Podcast Express. I'll conduct us along this one. And I will be the co-conductor, Christian. He will co-conduct us throughout the remainder of Route 34. So, why, why do you get to be the conductor because and I, I get have, to be... The... I have all the equipment. Oh. I have the, uh, the, the uh, whatever you call this device the here. setup. Yeah. So you have the equipment. You don't even know what it's called, and that makes I, you... I can't remember what the sound... This is the soundboard. Which uh-huh. is, uh, we'll, we'll give some behind the scenes of the Podcast Express <laughs> studio. Uh, we have an iPad soundboard that has all the drops on it, like this one. Bad jokes. So all I have to do is touch the soundboard, yeah. and uh, then it plays. And then this is what I'm trying to remember what this is called. It's where all of the mics and soundboard plug into the mixer. The mixer. That's the word. So I can adjust our sound levels. And mix them. And, and, and yeah, and... and if you're too quiet, I can pull your sound level up. If I'm too loud, typically, then I can turn myself down, um, and etc. So that is why I am the conductor, and you're the co-conductor. So you think you're better than me? Uh, it's not that. It's just that I have spent the time, effort, and money into figuring out how to work all this equipment, and you have spent the time sitting in this chair and, and talking into a microphone on your, that on you... your knee. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, with that, we'll go right into the first segment. My wife wanted a dog. I absolutely did not want a dog. So we compromised, and we got a dog. Now it's time for this week's compromise. So this week we're going back to a dog compromise. I we think are. It's, well, I guess it hasn't been too long since we've got a second dog in it, our life. It always feels good when uh, go back to the basics. go back to the basics. Yeah. So my wife. She went out to the store and decided that she needed to get another harness for our dog, uh, which I was kind of surprised by because we already have two harnesses for our dog. And uh, so she she wanted a, a third harness for a dog. And I thought, you know, one was plenty. So we compromised and we ended up getting the third dog harness. That is quite the compromise. So, yeah. so in other words, you wanted one. You yes. already had two. We already had so two. So you compromised and, and we, now have three. We just went ahead and got that third one. Uh, you know, yeah. just in just in case. That See, I thought sense. it was like like, you know, a toothbrush. You only need you only need one toothbrush, right? You do only need one toothbrush. But she was like, No, it's like it's like shoes. You need to have only one pair of shoes. Well I mean I have a couple, but exactly. not nearly as many as you have your like dress one. shoes, you have Is your... this because your dog is a female? So if it was a male dog, she it has would only to, need one harness. She has to color coordinate. Female, color coordinate. I think it was more of like you have your your heavy backpacking dog harness, and then you have like your light walking dog harness, and then a that third seems one, like it covers all the bases. A third one I can't really explain. Yeah, <laughs> you have you have like a light one that's for walking around the neighborhood. You have the big one that's for like hikes that it can carry its own poop bags and water, whatever. Yeah, and then the third one is for uh huh uh huh yeah okay. We can we can get bring my wife on and she can explain it. I, we might need to. <laughs> um, all right, so that has already kind of got our brains our brains going here. We've done this segment before, but um, only once I believe. And this we didn't have a drop, and we do now. We do now. So new drop alert. Here we go. 
there are mysteries in this universe. Topics in life that make brain matter fold over onto itself. That warp the very fabric of space-time. And now here on the Podcast Express, we're going to discuss these deep thoughts. It's very dramatic. Man, that really sets the mood. It does. That feels like uh, it's, it's not inconceivable to say that the extraterrestrial beings have been to this Earth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, on that note, um, did you know that right now you are the oldest you've ever been? Yeah. And right now. I am the oldest you're now. You're still the oldest you've See, ever been. See, it's worthless even it's worthless even saying that because by the time you're finished saying it, you were older now than you were when you started saying it. Right. Yeah. If I start saying it, oh, I'm already Oh, I'm, yeah, you missed I, it. I can't I can't yeah. keep up. I can't keep up with the fact that I'm the oldest that I've ever been. You know, kind of along these lines, um if you think about the oldest living person there is, when they were born from the time now there is, there's been a completely new batch of humans on Earth, right? Right. Isn't that crazy to think? That is. Well, so when they, when, when the, the oldest person, person dies, there this, has, this deep thought has now blossomed into, into a new beautiful flower of a deep thought. <laughs> that say there's, say, I don't know who, who's the oldest person. How how old is the oldest person? That's uh, what I'm wondering. Less than a hundred and I don't know what. Hundred and ten. Hundred and ten. Yeah. Sure. So a hundred and ten years ago, it was. 1921 no not yeah 1921 because i said 110 so 1921 the roaring 20s 1911 did we say 110 yeah you just said i said 100 years ago you said 110 100 no my math was 100 years ago okay so, so it'd yes. be, yeah, it'd be 1911 so that's like what world just before world war one yes all right so 1911 every person on the earth at that time babies included are now dead because there's only the one oldest person. One alive. oldest person. Right. Yeah. And now they're the only person alive that was alive when then, they were born. Which means in their lifetime, everyone that's on the earth is new. Everyone, yeah, everyone they have known has since passed on and they have new people. And entirely How new. lonely would you that feel? That is wild. And that, I suppose, that only happens to the oldest, oldest person. person ever alive. Yeah. Everyone else would have some sort of crossover. Yeah. They some, are like, they are amount. the point. They are the point. Like, There'd be a single point, and then there'd be like webs of people coming off of them in each direction. But they would be the singular point, the singular connecting, the singular factor. connecting point. That is a deep thought. That is. I wild. did it. I went up to you. Maybe you I should be a conductor now. You're a co-conductor. You're, you're a co-conductor. <laughs> you're just so you know. You're allowed to contribute to the sh- to the show docs and the show information, even from the co-conductor seat. I can do that. I simply sit with all this. I ha- I just have more to do during the show than you. That's mm-hmm. all. You don't want this responsibility. <laughs> I can't. If, if I forget to hit a button, then then we just have this awkwardly long pause that I then have to go edit uh-huh. out. So if I don't edit it out, it sounds like this, and that's what it sounds like. <laughs> um, all right. So do we have more to talk about for that deep thought? The oldest you've ever been, and also the the oldest the oldest human, human being, being has two completely different friend groups. Two. You're 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 connecting two generations of people. Right. So they have two different friend groups. Two different. <laughs> they have the dead and the living. The living. I think most people have those two friend groups. Yeah. Well, theirs is more dramatic. Yeah. A bigger pool. That's all. Yeah. Um. I think that's probably all I have to say. I, I feel like I had a th- I had another deep thought, but I don't remember. So we'll go on to the next one. One-dimensional objects. 
one-dimensional objects are a, a deep thought? Yes. So, like... Do they exist? Is wh- that- what would it be? So, like, you have a, a three-dimensional object is obvious. It's everything we see yeah. in, in life. A two-dimensional object is basically what you're drawing on paper or watching on a screen. Yeah. Okay. Um, what would a one-dimensional object be? Sound? Well, if if you consider drawing on paper being two-dimensional... No, if not you-, you drawing. The drawing of, like... The paper itself is three-dimensional, obviously, but the drawing on the paper would be two-dimensional, or the picture on the screen would be two-dimensional. Me watching these sound waves as we record, this sound wave is two-dimensional because it's on my screen. So if you drew a line on the piece of paper, a a straight line... No, it would still be two-dimensional. It has some width. This is a trap. It has width. Uh, Okay. It would need to be infinitely... It would need to be zero... It would just be a straight line, zero thickness. But if I looked at a drawing under a microscope, the graphite on the paper would height, have yes. height. So, But I, that's why I'm saying you're looking at the drawing on the paper. You're not including the paper or the graphite. It's just the two-dimensional. Like, I'm saying it's easy to understand mm-hmm. what a two-dimensional thing looks like. And yes, tech, like a one-dimensional thing would just be a straight line of piece of paper. Yeah. But I'm saying visually that still has... It has thickness. Some semblance of, of, of height. Yeah. So what would something be? Like, my thought is is sound one-dimensional. Because you can only hear it. The only... Is that a dimension, though? Well, sound is a wave. Right. But I'm saying uh, there's only one avenue to, you know, experience sound. Hmm. Is, is a light... Like, if I saw a, a light shining through the clouds, like a, a beam of light, would that be considered... Well, no, because in real life, it'd be three-dimensional, probably. I don't know. If I was in a black room, everything blacked out, I literally couldn't see your hand in front of your face, and there was one pinpoint of light, Mm -hmm. is that one-dimensional then? I would think, so I mean, a laser even has width to it. Right. And like, we could talk about like a single photon, like a single little bit of light, and then... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. One, this one is, hurts my brain. It is, yeah, it is. That's it's why a real it's a deep thought. Deep thought. I don't it, think it melts the mind. I don't think there's any real world examples of, of a one-dimensional, a one-dimensional object. object or even a two-dimensional object. Uh, well, but like if I'm looking at the screen, this the letters on this screen are two-dimensional because they don't have any depth. The screen does, but what's on the screen does not. So that's two-dimensional. But I, I agree. There's no real world. Because any straight line still has some sort of thickness. Yeah. So it's still technically two-dimensional. I got nothing for this I one. I got nothing. This, it is a stumper. All right. We're going to move on to the next segment and try to you know, get our brains figured out a little bit. What's that phrase? We say them all the time. But do you know where they actually come from? All righty. So we've done this one several times. All I of the times. Thoroughly enjoy it. Um, this is where there's a, a common phrase, and then uh, it gets said, and then Christian and I figure out what the right, uh, how it came to be. Obviously, the, the correct origin, way. the yeah. origins of the phrase. We both figure out the correct origin, even though we're different. <laughs> yes. And then we Google what Google says is the correct origin, and we figure out how close how right our we right were. answers are with their <laughs> right yeah. answers. So the first phrase is raining cats and dogs. And I'll let you go first because I actually... You know the answer? I, I'll say I have like 90% confidence that I know the answer. Okay. Uh, so raining cats and dogs. What I think of is I think that cats cats like to go in trees, right? Um, 
That's why firefighters always have to pull cats out of trees. So I think uh, during like a rainstorm or something, cats are smart enough to think, you know, trees get hit by lightning or whatever, and they know to get out of the trees. So heavy storm comes in and cats start jumping out of trees. And then hence the saying, raining cats and dogs. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I didn't hear what you were saying because I was, I was uh, starting the Google process because I, I know what I'm going to say. Um, so I heard this somewhere and I don't remember where. Uh, I think it was in high school. Um, the, where the term raining cats and dogs come from is like the olden times. I think like Roman-ish times mm-hmm. when they were first starting to make like cities. People had houses. And when they built the roofs, they would have um, essentially like a uh kind of clay and wooden bottom part portion of the roof okay but then for like insulation they would pack um leaves and uh twigs and branches and stuff over top mm-hmm. um and so during rainstorms the cats and, and dogs would burrow into these like the thatchery on the roofs hmm. but then when it rained and it only happened when it rained hard enough that the rain kind of got underneath that and went onto the hard surface and then washed all of the thatchery off. So when people were looking outside, they saw cats and dogs falling from their roofs when it was raining super hard. So they started saying, it's raining cats and dogs. And that's why it only happens when it's like raining super hard. Um, So that's my guess. I did some Googling, and the first thing I saw is a false theory stated that cats and dogs used to cuddle into thatch roofs during storms and be washed out during heavy rains. However, a properly maintained thatch roof is naturally water resistant and slanted to a water runoff. Animals lying on the outside would not... Uh, yeah, it would kind of defeat the purpose right. of the roof if That's, the roof yeah. didn't work. So where it actually comes from is uh, the Greek expression katadoxa, which means contrary to experience or belief. If it's raining cats and dogs... It is raining usually, unusually, or unbelievably hard. So it's just catadoxa. Look, kind of sounds and looks like cats and dogs. Huh. That's that. I like mine so much better. I like mine better, even though you didn't yeah. listen to it. Um, I'll listen to it when we when I listen to the show. Great. Yeah, no worries. All right. Um, I'm really sad that mine was wrong. I thought for sure that I would get a nine no nonsense, but that's all right. Um, all right. So head over heels. The expression head over heels. Like he's head over heels in love with her. He's head over heels for her. She's head over heels for him. Okay. Head over heels. I've got I've got a theory. So, you know, usually your head is over your heels. Right, it is. Which is kind of weird to say that as an expression. Right. So, I'm trying to think of something that doesn't usually have its head over its heels. That would now have its head over its heels? So, bats. cats and dogs. <laughs> cats and dogs. Most cats I know, their head are still over their heels. Um, but bats. I'm thinking bats. So, bats typically hang upside down for most of their lives, I would say, except for when they're eating. And then also potentially trying to attract a mate. So when they're out fluttering about trying to attract a mate, they are head over heels. Okay, so bats. Bats. Man, That's- I really don't know. Um, head over here. Yeah. So my first thought was just simply like upside down, you know. Like, uh, but then I I reread the expression. Your head and your head is, is over, over your, your heels. heels. So, I like I, like because I just feel like it's like oh they're. Like they're so madly in love with them, like everything's upside down, like nothing matters. Like they're you know yeah. that's what it, that's what it means. So I'm wondering if maybe and this is I've never I've never done this kind of a description before. Okay. But I'm wondering if maybe the expression started out as heels over head for her. Mm-hmm. 
and, and then, then just it over time it like warped into head over heels but it kept the same meaning yeah so i think it means just like your whole world got flipped turned upside down i'd like to take a minute just sit right there let me tell you the story of how i became so in love with this girl maybe it means like your head is over your heels so you're thinking you're thinking straight you know you're not like just swooped off your feet like, right so before you weren't thinking straight now you met this girl and, and now you're, you're thinking straight yeah. your head's over your heels She's got you set on the right path. Yeah. She's a good lady. I don't know. Let's find out. So where does head over heels come from? Uh, dictionary.com. Uh, completely thorough. As they fell head over heels in love, the expression originated in the 1300 as heels over head. And literally meant being upside down. It took the present form during the 1700s and present meaning in the 1800s. Huh. So it just got flip-flopped over time. Yeah. Let's, let's try to find a better, a more thorough ex- uh, uh, what is the meaning where's the origin head over heels is um most often used as part of head over heels in love first coined when it was first coined it wasn't used um the way it's referred to now um it meant being temporarily the wrong way up um it's upside yeah it meant upside down topsy-turvy topple up and fall he gave him he gave him a such a violent kick in the face it drove him head over heels huh so the first, the first mention of love came in a book in 1833. Uh, they fell head over heels in love. So I think I half get one. Okay. You can play half the drop. Oh, I'm going to play the whole drop. But I, <laughs> I, yeah, this one doesn't even mention heels over head at all, but the dictionary.com did. I'm just shocked. Logic worked for once. I know nonsense. And I didn't see anything about bats, mm-hmm. but you did say um, upside down. Yeah. So I'll give them for you, too. I know nonsense. And did I, you, did, I like bats better, yeah, personally. Did you know, well, that's because Batman. Because Batman. Like, imagine if it was like, oh, I'm just... It, it, it actually comes from being so in love with Batman. Yeah. And when Batman's head over heels, then he's in love with the girl because he's not being He's Batman. not upside down. He's not upside down. Right? I'm Batman. All right, so have you ever heard that a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush? I have heard that. I have heard that as well. And so me or you first for the description here? Well, I'm going to go the literal. Yeah, I, that's mine. It's going to be literal too. I think we might agree. Okay. I think it's a term. It's a hunting term because we used to be hunter-gatherers. Yes. And having one bird, we'll say chicken, pheasant. Yeah. What's, what's that called? Game? Uh, game fowl or something like that? Wild game. Yeah, wild game or fowl. Um, yeah. Yeah. Having one in your hand is worth two out in the wilderness. Yeah, one that you've already caught can, you know, go and cook and eat versus the opportunity to catch two. This is kind of the opposite of the theory of investing. The theory of investing? (laughs) Like, like, if you think about it in terms of money, right? Having one dollar in my hand is better than having two in the bush, the bush being the stock market. But, yeah, that's a potential for two dollars. It's not guaranteed. That's what I'm saying. But, but... You know, invest like retirement accounts are all planned based on the concept mm-hmm. that two in the bush is worth more than one in the hand. Yeah, but if I were to give you a bow and an arrow and a bush with two birds in it, uh, you think you're going to walk away with any birds? No, I don't. Okay, so yeah. it's it's different. I know. I'm just saying, <laughs> stock market is the opposite of the hunter. We we've we've grown. Society's grown where now mm-hmm. two in the bush is worth more than one in the hand because we've gotten pretty good at getting things out of the bush. Yeah. Um, it, that mostly because we burned all the bushes. So we burned up. <laughs> rip. We paved over them. Rip uh, our earth, sadly. But um, so we both agree that the um, phrase 
to the hand is worth to a hand what? a bird in the hand a is worth hand is two worth. in the bush right. comes from the hunter gatherers all right fill some time here i'm trying to google um i i don't know anything else to add on to birds and bushes birds the birds and the bushes it's a ancient proverb <laughs> yeah um all right so Origin. This proverb refers back to medieval falconry, where a bird in the hand, the falcon, was a valuable asset and certainly worth more than two in the bush, the prey. That makes a whole lot of sense. So a falcon in your hand is worth more than two mouses, mice in a bush? Is that what it's saying? Well, the prey could be also birds. Also birds? Falcons can catch birds. Fastest, what is it, fastest animal in the world? peregrine a, falcon a falcon is i believe a peregrine falcon is the well, fastest when they're moving diving maybe. yeah in a dive yeah but okay. they're the, they're like move like 100 180 miles an hour something like that fastest that's pretty nuts animal in the world i believe it's peregrine falcon no that, that's wrong because that's, like, <laughs> that's the fattest li- fastest land animal is a cheetah uh <laughs> i mean i think if i dropped an elephant from a helicopter it would move pretty quick by the time it got to the ground so. uh, it would hit terminal velocity though so I, 240 miles an hour is a peregrine falcon can fly in a dive. I think a peregrine falcon would, would dive faster than an elephant would fall because peregrine falcon aerodynamics. Like, tuck up, but yeah, elephants are very massive. Yes, but terminal velocity, Christian. You know this. You're an aerospace well, Yeah, but like mass comes into the equation. Yes, but also drag and peregrine falcons. <laughs> peregrine falcons propel themselves forward. An elephant would just go with gravity Mm -hmm. go go with the way of gravity as they say um so yeah we are both wrong i guess i guess sad because that ours seems so solid it seems to make like a lot of sense it did um all right the graveyard shift that's the last one where does the phrase i'm working the graveyard shift come from this just makes me think this is another one i i this is another one where i'm like i think i know the answer this makes but me after think... getting cats and dogs wrong, I wonder if it's just a wrong, commonly said answer. Yeah. So. This makes me think of Scooby-Doo. Like, the guy out working in the graveyard with uh, the flashlight. I guess he's... I don't know. What is the guy in the graveyard doing? He the always guy got, in like, the graveyard with the silver spoon. I think he's, he's watching for grave robbers. Grave robbers. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Somebody out there watching for graveyard uh, grave robbers, because those only come in the middle of the night. And that's where graveyard shift comes from because it's a, a nighttime shift. All right. So I think you're half right. Um, I'm, I've heard this before. And like I said, if I had got the first one right, I would be very cocky right now. Because mm-hmm. I would have, I'd be like, I know two of these. But since the first one, I, I was sure on the first one and I was wrong on the cats and dogs. So now I'm worried that, that my, me knowing this is, is a wrong knowing mm-hmm. um so what i've heard is that um back in the day i don't know what years back in the day is but <laughs> we were really bad at figuring out if somebody was actually dead or not oh yeah so we would bury them with a string tied a to their bell. arm and a bell on the top yeah i did hear and about this the graveyard shift was a guy that worked um at night or i think they worked around the clock so mm-hmm. maybe it refers to all of it but they would listen for a ringing bell yeah. And then have to dig someone up if they were not actually dead. Mm-hmm. That is what I've heard. Well, I learned about that because, uh, like, sometimes they have to exhume bodies for, you know, like, uh, police investigation purposes. And they've actually found, like, claw marks on the inside of coffins where people have been trying to get out. A little morbid, obviously, but... Ah, uh, this is another... 
it's another one where my knowledge my, my so sure knowledge is actually wrong so bells um, on grave yeah the bells myth. on grave the myth there are a lot of stories <laughs> about how people in the past were terrified of being buried alive and thus they installed bells on their graves so if they woke up after burial they would ring the bell and be dug up and saved apparently that's not a thing uh, safety coffins featuring bells were actually invented by count michel de carnes carniki quite the name mm-hmm. um who was inspired by the story of a young girl who was nearly buried alive, but uh, was not. So apparently that's not a thing. If, so you, they get, were if never, you get buried alive, you're just dead. Yeah, there was um, never actually, it was never actually used. Okay. Right, that's sad. I, I really thought I knew that for sure. The real phrase, graveyard shift, dates back to the 1800s, has nothing more to do with graveyards other than the fact that graveyards are lonely and spooky. Um, just like an empty workplace in the middle of the night. So it's just about working in the middle of the night, which is spooky. They're working the graveyard shift. It started um, from a story about a coal mining by the writing, it was dismal enough to be on the graveyard shift. Hmm. So what I'm learning is the origins of phrases actually are kind of bad. And the the ones that we make up for them are are, better. So people know those. Yeah, they're better. So we should just start using those. Right. Wow. That's... I'm disheartened that there, literally there were two that I was like, this is right. I was pretty confident about a bird in the hand too. Yeah, that on too, but I didn't like know that one. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is my best guess. Oh, that's sad. Oh, well, we were, we don't know nonsense. Wait, wait actually we do know nonsense we, we <laughs> because we know the nonsense answer that's wrong. We didn't know the right answer. So, so we got there. We, we, got we figured there. out how we were right. Right. All right. So now we're going to go into our last segment for this route and we're going to answer some of life's toughest questions some of life's toughest questions don't have answers like why is abbreviation such a long word but we're going to give it a shot all right christian yes sir so you know how pretty much every other species on earth has or are not, are not species but animal maybe, maybe group species animal group they have more than one species. Yeah. So, like, there's there's cats, but there's cheetah, there's jaguar, there's mm-hmm. etc. There's different species canine, of elephants, feline, canines, yeah. frogs, yeah. lizards, everything. Mm-hmm. Why is there only one species of human? Is there only one species of human? Is there? So, like, would different races be different? The the different species? No. So. Uh, oh, that's not where you're going. That was my that was my guess. That's a pretty good guess. Uh, so, like, what defines a species is typically when things can no longer reproduce. So, like, if two things can't re- reproduce with each other anymore, they're considered different. But I thought, like, a tiger and a lion could, and that makes a liger. I mean, I think they are rare, like, very rare for that to happen. But it can. It could, I think, under, like, controlled situations. Okay. Because they've created new species. Like, the liger is its own species now, and liger can reproduce with other liger, or lion, or tiger. But, like, okay, there's... Uh, and, like, dogs. They have crossbreeds. There's donkeys and horses, and those make mules. Mules right. can't reproduce on their own. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, that's the typical definition. But there, there was, like... I read some article. They found this island where they actually found a midget population where... The entire island was comprised of midgets, hmm. and they figured out like that they evolved that way because there's limited resources on an island, and the smaller you are, the less you know calories and resources you right. need. So 
have there historically been different humans? I would say yes. And then just our current modern day human I think there's has one. One. I don't think there's any evidence otherwise. Right. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, we got our monkeys as our, our close human distant cousins species. Cousins, I guess. Right, right. Interesting. There you have it. There might not only be one species well, of humans. Well, I think we were just the best, so we killed out all the other It makes sense. Humans. It's not inconceivable to say that ancient aliens created <laughs> ancient us. Ancient aliens. Um, what's the difference between scented and flavored? Immediate just immediate response is one's a smell, one's a taste. Yeah. Isn't but, that the only answer? No, probably not, because if something is scented, wouldn't it also be flavored? Well, there's scented candles. I don't think I want to taste the flavor. Of would it the, taste like the scent, though? Probably not. You don't think so? It just tastes like wax? So I will say there was there was one point in time, Amy was cleaning a bottle, and she was letting it soak with soap water. And I just see a bottle sitting there that's usually filled with water, and I drink from it. So I drank dish soap. Dirty mouth, clean it up with dish soap. And the smell smelled like lemons. The taste... Did not. <laughs> Nothing like or yeah, so I've had um I forget I don't remember what candy it was, but there was some candy it was like a, like a gummy candy that I had mm-hmm. when I was a kid. The smell was terrible. Okay. I like I could not get over the smell. Okay. I did not want to eat them. A friend of mine who's more brave than I ate some and he was like, Dude, you gotta try these. They're great. And I'm like, dude, do you smell them? <laughs> they smell terrible. And he's like, Just don't sniff, just eat. So finally I uh I ate one and he was right. It was delicious. Hmm. So maybe the difference in scented and flavored is simply the difference between smell and taste. But taste, uh, smell makes up a percentage of taste. Right. So because don't when you're smelling, isn't your taste buds, your actually little particles are going on your taste buds and that's... I don't know about that. But I've I, heard that. But I know. I've heard a lot of things that are wrong, apparently. <laughs> a lot of myths. But like, they say like, I don't know, 30% is a thing I always hear. Like smell makes up 30% of taste or whatever. I don't think that's... A real thing, like. So this this is called fact. So you know it has to be true that chemical sense. The chemical senses include taste and smell. The perception of smell occurs when substances in the air pass through the nose and stimulate the all olfactory nerve. Smell nerve. Mm -hmm. The experience of taste or gustation. Say that. That's a good word. Gustation. Gustation occurs when taste buds in your mouth respond to stuff. So apparently that's still wrong. Smell is your nose getting tickled by smell particles <laughs> and taste is your tongue getting gustated, gustated by taste particles that's a shame the four basic tastes are salty sweet sour and bitter i heard that was like actually well the the taste groups are legit but i remember back in school they tried to teach us like different sections of the tongue had different taste receptors did you that ever learn be. that I, sure, I don't know. They sure. actually taught me that in school, and I learned that was that was false. So they they taught me fake news in school. Oh, fake news. All right, so that's the difference in scent and flavored. Fake news. Um, what does the bottom of a chapstick tube look like? The bottom of the inside? Have you ever... Yeah, the bottom of the inside. So have you ever used chapstick, entire- Blistex, whatever, and gotten to a point where there's none left? No, I think I either I have al- lose I think it. I've always lost it before <laughs> that point. <laughs> I don't know what the bottom so of a chapstick like, tube looks uh, like. So is this how many licks it takes to get to the center yes. of a how many Pops? How many years does it take to get to the bottom of a chapstick tube? The world may never know. The Podcast Express may never know. 
I don't know. I'd assume it looks like uh, the the top, but I think it's know. gonna look like plastic. Yeah, but maybe there's this, maybe there's gold down there, and, and we don't nobody know. Nobody has ever. Right. Maybe there's the gold. We should buy one and cut it in a cross section so that we can mm-hmm. learn for science. For science. Maybe there's a golden ticket at the bottom, and if you find the golden ticket, you win a chapstick factory. I've got a golden ticket. All right, um, next question. Why does the summer fly by, but winter drags on forever? Uh, Time is relative. Time is relative. Well, actually, that kind of surprises me, because, correct me if I'm wrong. Winter um, is short days. Winter, the days are shorter. Yes. So that seems like it would make winter go by faster. But you can do time. Light. Time goes fast. Time's faster when you're having fun. Yes. When there's when it's light out, you typically can have more fun. Yes. So therefore, summer feels like it goes really fast because you have long Less days, daylight. short day, yeah, short nights. Mm-hmm. Winter, it just feels long because the sun is. Well, and then. So hum- in other words, time is relative. Humans, they were like we we adapted to nighttime or daytime living. So we don't do very well at night. We don't have very good night vision and things like that. And so our body is telling us to go to sleep when it's dark, and we still have to do things. And so doing things when you're tired, it just drags, right? You just feel like time drags on when you're tired. So winter drags on. That's my final answer. I'm sticking with it. That makes sense to me. That is all she wrote for, uh, and by she I mean us, for (laughs) this route. So I'm Ryan signing out. And I'm Christian. Attention all passengers. We have arrived at our final destination. If you enjoyed your trip, please rate and subscribe wherever you listen. From all our crew to you, thanks for riding the Podcast Express. Want more content? Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Express. Goodbye.